1: tell you i keep getting emails and phone calls and an outpouring from folks regarding like no other time on the planet it seems we need to be close and we're together we're together we're live we're so glad you tuned in can you feel the connection let's foster it a little bit more we do it at the top of the hour every program here at miriam live we we get present and we do it together we Find our breath. Notice in our body where our breath is at this time. Nothing necessarily to do about it. Just bringing our awareness to the interior relationship we have with ourselves and our body. You might even notice that your nervous system starts to calm some. Right? Just bringing yourself here. Being present we can receive the presence from our gift, from our uh, yeah, from our embodied gift. Karen Casey, uh, our author, who's joining us today. She's written uh, yet another book, Fifty Two Ways to Live: The Course in Miracles, the title of her book today. And as you're breathing in that title and just noticing that you're arriving to receive the presence, putting only good things in your mind this hour. Another part of your practice. Let's turn our attention to. The portal of gratitude that I love to invite you to find and make your way through, as I always remind us, that it's not always easy to do. There's a lot going on for all of us, a lot on our plate. Some of us have so much to be grateful for and know it right away. Some of the rest of us, we, we it takes us a little while to get there, so I would invite you to uh, for those of you who know your list, go down it. Feel good. Start to revel in the, uh, the experience of that, knowing how much you have to be grateful for for the rest of us. Let's uh, try this question on. Who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? I uh, can conjure all kinds of ways to get there. I'm going with uh, the food in my belly this morning. How grateful I am for all the tens and hundreds and thousands of people who helped make it possible for me to eat my breakfast this morning. doesn't matter where you start. Just take some time and notice and feel the shift. Feel that shift in perspective when we have that attitude of gratitude. It really helps, and it has a rippling effect. It really does ripple out to other people and helps us create that world that we actually want to live in where we feel... A little more peaceful, a little more grounded, and connected. So I'm going to go down my list of folks who make this program possible real quick, uh, the One World Children's OneWorldChildrensFund.org. If you're online, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. We are so grateful for their ongoing support, as well as the National Action Organization. They are committed to changing the way our culture values women dot org for more information. And the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, if you're in California and you like bookstores. We love this bookstore. It's been around forever, for about 27 years that I know of. And uh, we're grateful for their support as well. All right, folks. We're breathing. We're noticing. We're present. We're arriving. We're trying to get grateful. And I'll tell you, many of us know karen casey's work from way back when in 1982 when she wrote uh, and published uh the each day a new beginning it was the uh I was talking about this with uh, karen before we came on the air um it was one of the first sort of coffee table wisdom books i'd ever seen um and many of us still have my my copy is tattered and and worn uh and since then And by that way, that that daily meditation book uh, for women in recovery has sold more than 3 million copies. Um, It's got a 25-year anniversary edition um, coming up as well. In any event, since then, Karen has written uh, 27 additional books like Go Now, Embracing Detachment, um, and so on and so forth. A lot of you are tuning in. You are fans. For those of you who are just getting to know Karen, she's going to be joining us this hour Uh, She's an amazing, prolific writer, obviously, but an amazing inspiration for those of us uh, who have suffered or struggled with addiction, in particular, um, or are part of a 12-step recovery program. Uh, Karen is a writer and a workshop facilitator for 12-step recovery programs and known best for that. And She's going to be joining us this hour to talk about her new book here, um, A Course in Miracles Inspired, called 52 Ways to Live. A Course in Miracles, and she's joining us this hour. Welcome to the program, Karen. We're so glad you're here.
2: Oh, thanks, Marianne. I'm just really delighted to be part of your program, and I was so moved by the way you began um, the hour with that meditation mm. because it also helped me in the moment to just slow down. This is a busy, busy time, and it helped me to slow down and remember what
1: I'm grateful for, too. So thank you. That was beautiful. My pleasure, and thanks for the uh, acknowledgement. I think uh, we can help each other every step of the way, which is what you're here to do again with all of us. Your life devoted to helping us cultivate a simpler, slower, more love-filled life this time, right? 52 Ways to, to Live a Course in Miracles. Karen, will you talk a little bit about... 'Cause we were we were going backwards before we're going forward. So folks who don't know you can get a, a sense of how it is that you came to to the Course in Miracles and even to the work that you teach and have been teaching for years.
2: Well it's it's kind of a a, a long journey. Mm-hmm. My my own journey began in Al Anon in nineteen seventy four and then I ended up in AA in nineteen seventy six and I'm both and I am still extremely active in, in both 12-step programs. Um, but I, I'm glad that you said start back there because when I came into those programs, I didn't have um, what I would even... I didn't have a relationship with God that would qualify as a real relationship as far as others were concerned. I hadn't been raised to have a relationship, uh, I really had had kind of discounted the whole idea that there was even a need for one. So when I came into 12-step rooms, um, I marveled at the way others seemed to have such an easy relationship, but it became apparent to me very soon that if I wanted to have any kind of peace and long-term sobriety, that I needed to develop a relationship as well. And when you and I talked about each day briefly, um, that was really what gave rise to each day a new beginning. When I started, um, that book wasn't written to be published as a book for other women, Uh not when I started out. I was journaling for myself because I had discovered that when I wrote, I felt this inner presence I felt it then, but seldom at any other time. And like so many, perhaps, I went to um, AA meetings and and I would feel something that everybody else seemed to feel, and then I would leave and go home, and, and there was an emptiness. But I would find that presence once again as I would sit and write, and it felt as though that presence was... Calming me down was speaking through me. Mm. So it was, that's really how each day in the beginning became what it has become. I, I was saving myself, uh, literally. I was saving myself because my early days in recovery were, um, even though I wanted to stay sober, I was very, at times, suicidal, and and so I struggled. You know, I, it wasn't an easy thing. I never wanted to drink. I never had a relapse, but there were lots of times I didn't want to live. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the writing was my lifeline. It truly did. I mean, I, I believe that life, that writing saved my life mm-hmm. because it was through writing. That I believed that there was a presence that cared about me, and that um, and that has continued. You know, I celebrated forty years in AA this past May. Oh, congratulations! You know, I yeah. I mean, it just it's an amazing thing to me, Marianne. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed that this would be my journey, um, but you know. in AA, all those years, I also found myself still searching, and I think that that's good—that we continue to search, mm-hmm. and that is what brought me then to a course in miracles. I have been a student of the course in miracles for <clears throat> nearly thirty of those forty years, and um, and. And I wasn't a very good student in the early years because it was, it was so, I mean, I was hard. It's hard. Yeah. I was committed, but, but it just was something I couldn't, I couldn't grapple with. I couldn't get my mind around. And, um, but I stuck with it. You know, I have that, um, I guess I just am one of those kinds of people that when I start something, I figure, by golly, yeah. I'm,
1: going I'm just ahead. gonna keep moving forward. Let me jump in here. Just okay. for folks who are just joining us. Karen Casey is with us, uh, prolific author here with us on Marion Live, written twenty seven books since this book, fifty two ways to live the Course in Miracles. Um Karen, let's talk a little bit just for a moment about what the Course in Miracles is for folks who might not okay. be as familiar and then we'll move forward.
2: Okay, the Course in Miracles <clears throat> is a spiritual pathway that, um, that was really, in a most interesting way, um, given to, and when I say given to, uh, a woman named Helen Schukman began to hear an inner voice, and she began simply writing down what she heard. And that, and what preceded that was, she was um, a psychologist mm-hmm. at um, at Columbia University Medical School, and she had a PhD. She and her coworker Bill Setford, also a PhD, had lots of struggles between them and with the rest of their colleagues at the university at, at Columbia University Medical School. And in a moment of exasperation, Bill said to, to Helen, there must be another way after they were returning from another pretty acrimonious meeting with all the other colleagues. Mm. She said surprisingly to him, I'll help you find it. And it was surprising, but she had not been very helpful to him ever in her life. Mm. She, a few evenings later, heard a voice in her mind that said, this is A Course in Miracles. Please take notes. Wow. And she thought she was losing her mind. <laughs> yeah. And she immediately called Bill. And really, see, it was stuff like that that I read initially. And I thought, oh, give me a break. Yeah. You know, what? how can this be? She called Bill and he said, Helen, simply write down what is being said and bring it tomorrow to the office and we'll look at it together you're not losing your mind Mm. she did that marianne for seven years for seven years she heard this voice who who said to her ultimately that he was that it was jesus and that we had failed to understand his message previously because all he wanted people to understand was that life was about us being an expression of love and it was so moving to me when i read her biography because she was an atheist she uh, was jewish and an atheist all of the people initially involved with the course in miracles were jewish and for the most part atheists and yet this message came to Helen, and she allowed herself to simply trust the beauty of the message. And that convinced me to simply continue to read and let it have its own impact on me. And what I began to realize, Marianne, was that, It was like Buddhism the message it was like so many uh, other religious pathways and it also complemented the 12 steps Mm. of AA and Al-Anon there was no way in which it conflicted with anything else because the primary message is that we are here to learn to love one another Mm. And when people are not acting from a place of love, it's because they're afraid. Mm -hmm. And you can look at the world around us and you can see pretty quickly when people are acting from a place of fear or when they are expressing love. And the Course would say, regardless of another person's expression, expression, the right response is to be an expression of love. Mm -hmm. And... And I guess, Marianne, partly because of, of aging, uh, I'm 77 now. Partly because of aging, I have become even more committed as the years have gone on to simplify my life and to say, you know, I don't have to get caught in all the chaos that's happening around us i mean all you have to do is turn on the television Mm -hmm. and you can see all the chaos Mm -hmm. to get involved i don't i can observe and not be pulled in Mm -hmm. or not observe at all just simply realize that my presence can be a loving presence wherever i go and that when you mentioned in your meditation that we um should become what we want the world around us to be, and it has a ripple effect. That's exactly what The Course of Miracles is about. Mm. It's about us adding to the ripple effect of love that ultimately impacts the entire universe. Mm. So that, if, if people want to know the depths, I mean, the Course has so much to it. Mm. I suggest people Google ACIM, which stands for a Course in Miracles. They can Google, uh, miraclecenter.org. Um, they can Google, uh, you, you know, you don't, I mean, you can just Google Course in Miracles. Oh, yeah. Just those three words, and so much will come up. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's not, it's not a pass for everybody, but that's primarily because to read the book on your own, Feels, I think, like a challenge. Mm-hmm. So I've always participated in a study group and my husband and I have held a study group in our home, uh, for many years. And it's, it's something that, you know, it's, you learn more about love as you're learning
1: it together. Mm-hmm. So, Well, your beautiful background and information for anybody out there who's joining us, Karen Casey's with us talking about her new book, 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles. So understanding where it uh, came from, uh, the work came from, uh, is, is a gorgeous story and, and I think inspires many people uh, like yourself to the work uh, for those of you who have never heard of it, uh, yeah, go online, find out some more information, pick up a copy of Karen's book. Um, it makes it really accessible. One of the things I like about this book is when I first opened the package, I just opened, flopped open the book, which I'll often do, sort of like an oracle, and it turns mm-hmm. to the words that I need to hear in that moment, which I just love about all of your work anyway. But I, I like Work that just immediately speaks to the soul. So, wherever you find yourself on the spectrum, uh, if you're tuning in right now, um, you want to stay tuned with us this hour because Karen is going to talk about some of the basic tenets of the Course in Miracles. Uh, the way that she's broken her book out for us is is really accessible and and, and it's a, an immediate help or a bridge i'd like to say each chapter really helps us move from where we might be stuck where we might be struggling into back into love back into the conversation of forgiveness back into the principles uh that have hallmark for the course in miracles for so many years so don't touch that dial we'll be right back we know it's a miracle that we're all together today and uh, we'll be back for more right after these messages with karen casey
3: I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't
4: blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event.
3: Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love.
4: Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship.
3: Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No No More More Love Life Life Drama drama for us. Us.
1: Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. .com.
3: collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free and there's no cancellation charges no change fees for the best deals even last minute deals visit healthylife.net's advertiser page and click on hotels.com
4: music information and friends healthylife.net
1: welcome back everybody we are so glad you're here 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles. That's the title of Karen Casey's new book. Karen's joining us this hour to talk about how we can cultivate a simpler, slower, more love-filled life. So, Karen, you've been embracing the Course for over 30 years now. Um, You hold um, meetings in your home to help people understand this work, and now you've written a book to really help break it down for us. Tell us uh, what inspired you to write the book, and some of the basic tenets for folks as they first get started, what they can okay. expect.
2: Okay. Uh, let me back up one second. In 1995, I wrote a daily meditation book for A Course of Miracles as well that some people might have an interest in, and it's simply called Daily Meditations for Practicing the Course and um, and so, and it's three hundred and sixty six daily medications. So it really does uh, dovetail nicely with this. But I wrote this book because of my own. I learn and retain best when I continue to stay focused on the principles that are guiding me. And like everybody else, you know, I can wake up some days and And, uh, as we used to always say, get up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, I get up and, and I'm not looking with love, uh, at my husband or Nellie, my dog. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I wake up. Cranky. (laughs) With a cute perspective, yes. And and believe me, sometimes you can be cranky at a husband, but when you've got a yellow lab that's 19 months Mm. named Nellie, it's pretty hard to be cranky (laughs) at (laughs) her. But but at any rate, so I knew that for, you know, for my own peace of mind, I have to keep revisiting the principles um, that keep my life uh calm and peaceful and purposeful. And and my life purpose has always felt like I was meant to write. I I was meant to share the messages that um not maybe entirely unlike what happened with Helen, but the message that messages that just seem to visit my mind. Mm-hmm. Um because I I've never been a person who sat down and um and outlined a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never even had an outline for my PhD dissertation. And my professor said, Can I look at your outline, Karen, before we begin? And I said, Well, I don't have one. And he said, Oh, that's interesting. He <laughs> said, I, I've never had a student without an outline before. And I said, Well, you know, Mr. Sibley, I've just never been very good at outlining. And he said, Well, you know, I could work with that, he said. Yeah. <laughs> and so I figured if that is was good enough for him, uh, you know, it's like... Uh, but, but for this book in particular, what I did was, it, it, in a sense, it did have somewhat of an outline. I listed for myself the principles that I felt were truly the guideposts for my life. Mm-hmm. And then I just simply sat quietly and wrote... Whatever came to me about that particular principle, mm-hmm. and um, and so the principles, like the very first one in the book, love is letting go of fear, and that actually was. Um, my introduction to a course in miracles before i picked up the book was through gerald Jampolsky, who wrote a book love is letting go of fear and i was so moved by the simplicity of that but that is really the hook for me that 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 brought me into the study of the actual text and and you know it's it's such a simple idea but we go around making the choice, I think, all the time, whether we're going to be um, uh, a purveyor of love or whether we're going to let fear get in our way. Mm-mm. And and I really think fear is what fear results because we feel separate yeah. from one another. Yeah. And the course itself is really about finding a way to join. And so that's why words like Like, forgiveness is such a big thing in the Course, and and why love is such a big thing in the Course. It's about learning to join with others and realize in the process that that is the truth about us anyway, that we are one.
1: Well, let's talk about fear for a moment. The kinds of of fears that... Because here's... When I, you know, first heard about the Course years ago, you know, being a... A person who's like a lot of us in this culture, we can be very analytical. We want things to make sense, and you know, uh, you know, this is a our society uh, really takes great pride in being able to see and understand and quantify things, right? Mm-hmm. So, being able to logically understand something for many of us is a, a thing that creates a certain kind of calm and peace. Now you bring fear online. Most of us don't even know that we're afraid. It shows mm-hmm. up in all these distortions. You talk about that in the book. Could be anger, could be judgment, projection, nightmares, all kinds of false uh representations. And so mm-hmm. it sounds simple what you're saying, yet this is hard work because fear is masked in a whole bunch of disguises. Talk about that, would you? Well, you know, I think that um Uh, you're right fear
2: is masked in a whole lot of disguises and we all see it in others probably more quickly than we see it in ourselves but but what i have come to realize is that my fear no matter how i'm manifesting it it's because in that moment i am feeling alienated from the From the others around me and and you know and and i feel like that alienation is is really not even the truth about our existence that that we well well, maybe alienation is wrong or the separation Separation, that i i will feel and that that's not even the truth about us we we as the course would say we really aren't separate It feels that way in this classroom that we are all moving around in, but that the truth really is that
1: we're trying to remember
2: who we actually are in this classroom. So would
1: you say that any sort of experience that comes up, like in Chapter 4, no experience is lacking in purpose, every encounter is holy, would you say that each fear or each opportunity when we are uncomfortable or offline or out of, touch with love is an opportunity to learn about who we really are that's right
2: that's exactly right that it's an opportunity to remember that we are really brothers and sisters with everybody we are at one with others that the fear we are feeling in that moment is because we think that we're separate from the other person who is right there everything is an opportunity to remember that, that we can be an expression of love for one another we can help one another walk through this journey with greater peace of mind and i I really think that's the job description you know I, I look at it maybe like I said earlier at, at my age I think I'm trying to, um, to maybe maybe it's too simplistic for some of our listeners but I, I I complicated everything in my life for so many years, Marianne, trying trying to figure out the many levels of everything and you know, what does he really mean when he said that and what's going on here and what are they actually saying and and you know, all it got me was more separate from everybody. And so I and it's not that some, some people, maybe that's where they are, and that's where they need to be right now. But the ultimate journey, I think, is about us recognizing that there is a way to say it's easier simply to decide to love and accept and forgive those who are on our path. They are there. The, the, when you mention every encounter is the holy Encounter Mm -hmm. because every encounter is an opportunity for us Mm -hmm. to recognize that we are truly intentionally joined. We truly are meeting for we need to learn from each other in that moment. And the ultimate lesson is
1: to learn love. Well, that's a beautiful, beautiful context for so many of us to lean into. Let's, we come back after the break, talk a little bit more about <clears throat> discernment. What you actually mean when you were going to break down an actual encounter. There's a lot of folks who are like, I understand this philosophically. I need you to explain to me when this person did this, how I'm supposed to forgive that and love that, right? Don't worry. Yeah. When we get back, we're going to talk about that. We're going to make it available even more for you right here on Marian Love. Don't touch that dial. Karen Casey's is with us, 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles, right here when we return.
3: I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's
4: perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event.
3: Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love.
4: Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship.
3: Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now.
4: We've ordered no, no more, more love life, life drama, drama for us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. He said,
0: Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 in car insurance? Well, this makes sense, since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk, HealthyLife.net.
1: Okay, everybody, welcome back. We are going to roll up our sleeves and get into it here. Karen Casey is joining us. She's written her new book for us, 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles. Okay, Karen, you've talked about some of the basic tenets, uh, love, forgiveness, uh, understanding that, you know, life is is not an accident here. We we are definitely called uh, by some higher force. And if we can connect with that and remember who we really are, uh, the less separation we feel, the less inclined we will be to do harm or to harm ourselves. Okay, so that said, there's a lot of questions. I can feel them out there, and uh, they go like this. Well, I, I just don't think that I know what that means when I might be in harm's way. There's somebody who treats me bad every time I go home for the holidays. How am I going to deal with that? You know, things like this. Let's let's sort of kind of just uh, get some nuts and bolts here, drill down a little bit into how we can apply these tenets when it starts to get more specific and more personal.
2: Okay. Well, you know, that's really good that you brought that up. Because that is the kind of discussion that we have in our study group oftentimes. Because people in the study group are coming at the course from various um, degrees of familiarity with it. So they'll have those very questions. And so, you know, when we, and we all came from dysfunctional families. You know, Virginia sits <laughs> here. I mean, I remember reading her book on self-esteem. In the early seventies, right. and she said ninety-eight percent of all families are dysfunctional, <laughs> and so I, I don't think that anything has improved. And in fact, it might be closer to a hundred percent if I <laughs> it can get any closer. Yeah, but you know, we all have paths that are filled with hurt, disappointments, uh, confusion, uh, real harm at times, and. um and i i know for myself when i um when i came into recovery i i still had a lot of issues uh with both of my parents i had issues around sexual abuse not within my immediate family but there were things um from the past that when i first came into recovery i thought how am i ever going to truly make amends for my part when such and such was done to me, mm-hmm. and ultimately, what I began to see is that, first of all, in regard to my parents, everybody—I really do believe—everybody uh, was doing always the best they could. I mean, e- even when it seemed unjust, they had their own past, uh, certainly contributed to how they defined their own life. And so I ended up uh, sitting down with each of my parents to talk about their lives, not to say, why did you do such and such to me, but to say to them, tell me about your own life. Mm. And it was a remarkable turnaround mm. in how I looked at them and how I looked at my entire life. Uh, growing up experience, because with my mother, I had always felt uh, so on the verge of abandonment with every relationship, and ultimately kept getting abandoned. You know, you get what you look for, and uh, including with my first husband. And uh, I said, um, tell me about your life. And she began to cry, and she said... I wasn't, I never felt like a good mother or a good wife, and when I was pregnant for you, I didn't want you. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, uh, I mean, a light bulb went on,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I thought, my goodness, the therapist who I had seen, who took one look at me when I walked into her office, she said, you were abandoned in the womb, and I thought, oh, that must be the latest phrase you know that every therapist is using and and here my mother affirmed that that she had in fact abandoned me and we held each other Mm. and she said how sorry she was Mm. and she said i'm afraid it's my fault you're an alcoholic and i said no 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 you know my choices were mine but i said this It's the healing that I need. And she and I, from that moment on, and we've never had a relationship, she and I, from that moment on, began to develop a bond that still comforts me to this day, and she died in 1998. Mm. My dad had been a rageful dad. It wasn't an alcoholic family. But it was a rageaholic. My father was a rageaholic, and and everybody behaves as though it's alcohol, and um, and everybody tiptoes as though there is the drunk. Uh, and I sat down with him, and when I said, "Tell me about you and your life," he said, "I have been afraid every day of my life," and I was stunned because he had been uh, a successful banker. And he said, I went to work afraid every day of my life. And I said, my heavens, why? And he said, when I was a little boy, I accidentally cut off my younger brother's two of his fingers. And And his parents just, you know, practically killed him. And from that moment on, he was afraid he would make a mistake. And he carried that forever. And it suddenly made me look at him, who expected always perfection from all of us, expected, I mean, the, the house was not a happy house, and and so I looked at all of that, and I thought, you know, I can't continue to let that past decide who I'm going to be now, because there were explanations that allowed me to love the heart and soul of them Knowing how they had been, and the same kind of story was true for the sexual abuse incident. And and uh, I don't know if we have time no, to talk gonna go about that. We're going to go to break, that. but let's still okay, talk but about I'll it talk when we come it. back. Okay, oh. because that's something everybody—not uh, everybody, but lots of women have
1: One in three, And men One in yeah. three today. Don't touch that dial. I can just—my heart is bursting open. Stay with us, please. Karen Casey is joining us today, Fifty Two Ways. To live the course in miracles, we're doing it right here on Marian Live. Back in just a
3: minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect.
4: Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event.
3: Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love.
4: Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship.
3: Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No No More Love Life Drama drama for us.
4: (laughs)
0: MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where. Relationship, effort, author, and radio host Marianne Camarano is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about CORE Certification, Certificate of Responsible Relationships. www.mariannelive.com CORE Certification, Learning Tools to Attract, Build, and Sustain Great Relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area. www.mariannelive.com LifeNet, the Positive Radio Network.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Oh my gosh, uh, my my personal stuff is all lit up. I don't know about you out there, but this is some deep, gorgeous, real work. It's it's alive. It's alive and activating. Karen Casey is here talking about her new book, 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles. Karen, you were sharing some very personal, gorgeous stories of forgiveness that are so touching and moving, and I think all of us can find ourselves in your story. And you were just about to talk about one of the biggest issues on the planet today, which is affecting so many men and women. One in three have been sexually abused or some sort of sexual abuse, and you were going to tell us a forgiveness story there. Please continue. Yes.
2: Well, when I was young, uh, which is when it usually happens with young boys and young girls too. Uh, I was sexually abused, and it it uh, it was one of those situations where I was um, I was terrified, and at the same time I felt chosen. I felt, uh, and it almo- I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but I felt special and uh and so it was it was something that it wasn't a full penetration kind of sexual abuse but it very definitely was uh crossed the line and it was sexual abuse and um and and i had all of these conflicting feelings and I carried those around for years, and it made me uncomfortable in in relationships with men because I felt dirty. I felt as though I had uh, somehow contributed when I was 10 years old to what had happened, and I couldn't tell anybody. I was... Um, I was afraid to tell my family, mm-hmm. the kind of family I had. I thought they would say, "Well, what did you do?" Yes. Yeah. Yep. And and so uh, so I I never told anybody. And when I did, uh, and and it haunted my journey. Mm-hmm. And when I did uh, a fifth step in AA, I talked finally about it to a priest. And I, I wasn't raised Catholic, but I went to this priest that, that lots of people recommended, and he said, you know, you need to do some work around this, and so um, I did, and I, I ended up uh, seeing somebody who said, you need to do some writing about this, so I, I, I knew that I was too afraid to, to actually confront him, uh, even though he did still my path at, fam- at big family gatherings. And so I sat and I wrote a letter, and I, I just screamed, really, in the letter, all the things that I uh, had, if I had had my wits about me earlier in life, I would have been able to do, and I needed to do, and I screamed it out in this letter, and I pounded away at my computer. And then I put it aside, and I felt this sense of freedom, but I didn't know if it was over. And two or three nights later, I got this feeling inside, and all I could say was that it was kind of this knowing inside that it wasn't done. And I sat down at the computer and I didn't know what to, I didn't have any idea what to expect. And I found myself writing Dear Karen. And it was, it was as though it was an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. He was writing a letter to me, through me, mm-hmm. asking for my forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it gives me goosebumps. I mean, I'm sitting here right now yeah. telling you about it with goosebumps. Yeah and he told me about the abuse that he experienced when he was a child and he he was so sorry and
4: he and he just
2: again and again said can you please forgive me
1: mm-hmm.
2: and i i i sat there writing and crying and and again not not knowing what was going on mm-hmm. i mean not truly not being able to to decipher to discern what is happening here all i knew is i got to the end of the letter and he just ended it with please try and i printed it out and i showed it to my husband now the man i've been with for 38 years and he said by i said what you know what do you make of it and he said i think it's over and, and, you know, I, I felt never a need. He, he's passed away now, but I felt never a need to ever confront him because it felt like the forgiveness had occurred in my heart. Oh. And, and sometimes I think that when we allow ourselves to be touched by the pain of somebody else, Nobody hurts somebody else unless they have been hurt. Like they say, hurt people hurt people? Absolutely. And that's really yeah. what that taught me, is that he was such a hurt soul, yeah. and he hurt me in the same way
1: he had been hurt. Oh, my God. These these and more stories, folks. You are in the right place today. You have come to the right spot. Forgiveness and love are the answers. Karen Casey has been with us this hour Karen, I swear to God I wish I had three or four more hours. We could just plow on through because there you have so much love in your heart, and the healing uh, just pours out from your soul and uh, you've been doing it for for thirty years for for all of us. We are coming up to the top of the hour, sadly <laughs> and, and, and we're so grateful. What do you want to leave us with today?
2: Uh, what I think the most important thing is to remember that whomever you need, is somebody that needs your, your loving attention. To be a witness to one another is the greatest gift we can give each other, and it allows us to feel joined rather than separate. You know, everybody that we will pass is somebody who will not pass our way again, and there's somebody who I, be, I believe has been directed toward us. You know, I think that God is part of this mix. God is part of the healing as well, not part of the chaos, but part of the healing of our minds so that we can learn how to walk lovingly even though we're in the midst of the chaos of others.
1: Beautiful words, uh, felt message. We're so grateful that you've taken care, Karen, to join us today. and. Your beautiful new book is available wherever fine books are sold, 52 Ways to Live the Course in Miracles. Get a copy. Go to womens-spirituality.com for more information about Karen. We wish you every blessing this holiday season and beyond, Karen. Thanks for joining us today. Oh,
2: thank you, Marianne. It was such a pleasure for me to spend this hour with you and your listeners. So thank you. And, And happy holidays to you and all the listeners, too.
1: Thank you. Please come back and join us again. I would love to. All right, everybody. Sit down. All right. We'll be back for our wrap. Thanks again to Karen and Casey back in just a minute. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
0: To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest
4: impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 1-877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and
3: the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff?
1: everybody i am truly grateful you continue to join us again and again especially as we head into these holidays shore up get your resources here i like to say at maryann live we're committed to helping you attract and create healthy fulfilling sustainable relationship karen casey was with us today 52 ways to live the course of miracles get a copy great holiday gift Uh, Next week you want to join us because Ruth Whitman will be in the house. America, the anxious, oh, yeah, how how our pursuit of happiness is creating a nation of nervous wrecks. We're going to be talking with um, Ruth here next week, same time, same place. Last part of our practice, people, go do something for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. Go do something good for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. You heard it here on Marian Live. Tune in again and again, www.marianlive.com. And don't forget, our gifts are available for you for the holidays. Our divination decks are available. Our app is online. Uh, find our True Love now on iTunes. Lots of holiday gifts for you. Check us out, marianlive.com. See you next time, everybody. Be well.